0: Burnout is the result of too much stress and the absence of resources to cope with it. And in 2019, the World Health Organization recognized burnout syndrome in its international classification of diseases, meaning it's actually something that is recognized as a disease and something that we, as busy moms, really need to start coping with. Being the mom you want to be doesn't have to be difficult. It's all about building healthy self-care habits Overcoming mindset roadblocks and finding support. Welcome to Habit Maker Mama. It's the go to podcast for busy moms who want to care for themselves. I'm your host, Heather Kerwin, and I'm a mother of three, pilot wife, and physician assistant. Together, we are going to redefine self care so you can be the mom you want to be. Let's transform how you care for yourself starting right now. It is such a joy to have you here, Shelly, and I'm so grateful for your time today so that we can learn all about parental burnout. You know, it was interesting. I really didn't know that parental burnout, the the term burnout, became a classification in the World Health Organization um, of disease. That that to me is very significant. And so I'm excited to learn really what this is and get the nitty-gritty from you. But before we start, I want to make sure that I properly introduce you and everything that you have is your qualification and bring to the table because it is so impressive. And then we'll kind of get into things. So, Shelly is a parent, board certified physician assistant, a gruntel mom. She received her postgraduate certification from the Training Institute of Parental Burnout an institute developed by the pioneers of parental burnout research. Shelly is also a certified facilitator of Eve Brodsky's Fair Play Method and regularly collaborates with other parental mental health advocates in order to increase burnout awareness in both personal and professional atmospheres. She promotes household equity, parental burnout prevention as an integral component of family planning and parent and caregiver well-being advocacy. So Shelly, Thank you so much for being here today. You know, first, just starting out, I want to know a little bit about you and um, kind of where you're located and how did you get started on this journey?
1: Sure. So I am located just outside of Seattle. So I'm in Washington State. Um, I, you know, I got my degree several years ago as a PA, you know, kind of hustled through that studying. Um, trying to pump at the same time. I think I shared a little bit on that whole experience, but I was doing like cluster feeding right around the time that I took my board. And through a haze, I ended up passing, which is fantastic. Um, (laughs) but, But it was funny, even when I took my boards, I remember going in and thinking, okay, I need to time then so I can get home and feed and pump. And so we wow. were like I was just like pushing through trying to get through that. But um, you know, it was a challenging time, uh, nonetheless. But yeah, so I studied to become a PA even prior to that. Um, I worked in oncology, I worked in orthopedics, I worked in um rheumatology. I kind of got a mix of everything. And I swore that I was gonna go back into oncology. And then I had who is now my youngest son, he's five. And Uh, life changed with him coming into the world, completely changed. I realized, um, you know, as a career and being a healthcare professional, that we are so quick to put others, you know, in front of us and before us and take care of others in such a way that we almost neglect and forget ourselves. And so the more I thought about that, and I guess my own personal experience with, you know, that's, I call it role collision, which is, um, being a mother and also a professional, it really kind of it took me into a different direction. And so I started thinking more about how we prepare parents for parenthood and where um, the huge gap lies in between the you know the preparation of being pregnant and carrying our child to now you are a parent. And we're kind of this nebulous thing looking for more additional resources, looking for that village that everybody's been talking about. And so I think there's a way to kind of soften that in-between space so that we have more resources so we don't just feel like we've been kind of dropped um, at that point and forgotten. And so that kind of took me into this direction, which then as soon as the pandemic hit, I I turned a corner and said, we need to focus on burnout.
0: Incredible. And I think that's just so relevant because I, I can totally see that in my own experience as well. You, you can read so much information when you're pregnant about, okay, what's going to happen when the baby comes and how will I not mm-hmm. really care? And mm-hmm. there's just really not much focus at all on, okay, you're going to be different as a human being when your child comes, but you still need to focus on yourself in some way, shape or form. And get these resources, and that part I feel like is very glossed over. So I really appreciate that you're bringing to light all of that and to say, hey, let's get resources here for this because this is a mm-hmm. hugely um, important area and also one that doesn't really have much right now. Yeah. 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 And I think we're all kind of seeing, um, you know, the
1: impact of it gradually now. Mm-hmm. Um, over the past two plus years, I think we We started in this very um, kind of hopeful, ambitious state of, I'm, you know, if my kids are going to be home, I'm going to do the best that I can at home. I'm going to create the activities. I'm going to make this a place where we're doing, you know, the most while, you know, maybe school is closed or, um, you know, fluctuating closures, job insecurity, stuff like that. But you kind of ride that high, and people call that the like adrenaline portion where you're pushing, or pushing, or pushing and doing as much as you can. But then you get this kind of throw, which is, well, now I'm exhausted. I've been doing all of this, essentially on my own or maybe with a partner. And where is that village? Where is that additional layer of support? And so I kind of look at it from that standpoint, like how can we be more, um, I guess, proactive and, and preventive from the beginning and saying, let's organize the thing so that when you do need them, then they will be there instead of scrambling, which I think sometimes we're kind of left to do. It's scramble for resources when um, when we
0: absolutely need them. So I try to organize that prior. Chau, you're speaking to me. I feel like those, uh, but I totally have that experience where you know, I went from working full-time to staying at home with my boys and definitely hit that adrenaline. high. we're going to, all the things and I'm totally crushed and we're gonna do amazing and went went a little overboard and forgot about myself and didn't have the resources. So um yes, I can relate to that and I'm glad that you're here because we really need to learn, I think today what is rental burnout? I know that you have so much knowledge on this. So I'd love to hear um, could kind of, you know, what it is, what's that definition? Um
1: so, with parental burnout, one thing I will say is, although it's recognized, although burnout is recognized as, um, it, I guess, in, in the ICD, or like however we um, kind of categorize it, parental burnout is not. Um, this is not something that I think um, we're giving enough respect to as far as um, treating it in the way that maybe it should be treated. I think sometimes it's just kind of clumped together when um, parents are depressed or they're anxious, and that's not the case. So there's kind of three core elements. Um, There's the physical and emotional exhaustion. There's feeling ineffective within your parental role. So for some, that might feel like Um, you know, a stark difference between what their um, parental self was like before and what their current parental self is like now. And that like kind of depersonalization, detachment from your child or your children. And, um, you know, kind of lumped together with that is this lack of joy um, as it relates to your parenting role. So People, you know, that we hear that a lot of the hot topic, burnout, it's such a hot topic. This is not a trend. I try to say that to everybody, although, you know, the hashtags are hot and, you know, everybody is chatting about it. We need to find ways to kind of tackle this earlier so that we're not like, you know, kind of picking up the pieces of parents and saying, yes, we haven't been supportive in that um you don't get the time off from work or maybe we're not covering you for Maternity leave without giving you an issue about it, because I think a lot of parents do get that pushback of, um, you know, they do want to ask for extra time, whether it's paid leave, family leave, or otherwise. That it almost feels like um, they have to do even extra when they come back, or it has to be a certain, you know, the environment or something has to be a certain way when they come back. And so, I guess the most important thing that I want to say is that parents don't have the energy right now because they've been putting to get they've been putting out one hundred and ten percent energy for years um and so with the pandemic kind of pulling back the curtain on this and saying, well now we're seeing parents are exhausted, they're feeling detached, they're not enjoying their parenting role, they're doing so much they don't have these resources. What do we do now and I think this is one of those things that we have to tackle as a society. Um, and also administratively and, and within organizations to say we need to support parents more instead of giving them more to do, um, more tasks, more responsibilities if they're working from home and taking care of kids, you know, with fluctuating closures and stuff and illnesses. Um, we're just, we're just tacking on. And that's why we see these things, these three kind of, um, core elements of parental burnout
0: yeah absolutely. And you mentioned you know kind of that pressure of if you do take some time or you do request you know a day, a week, a month off that you have a pressure to come back and, and perform at a certain level or do a certain yeah. thing, specifically if you're a working mom, it, you know it made me think about I saw um a patient in clinic. this was a mother who had just had her second child her baby was about a month old, and she mm-hmm. had returned to work already. And was in the clinic with um, kind of like an upper respiratory infection, but you could just tell she was holding on by a thread, yeah. and that I felt so much of what was attributing to her illness being so much more significant than it probably would be in somebody I'm who sure. you know didn't, wasn't back to work already and trying to pop and take care of children and doing all of these things. But I felt mm-hmm. really helpless as a provider because I knew. That this was such a multifaceted, this was not just you have a cold and you need to treat it. This was, right. you need to take a step back. You know, you have a million things on your plate right now and you are absolutely exhausted and you are running on fumes and this is making your body physically ill. And right. so I'd love to hear a little bit from you. Like, How can we be aware that maybe we are at a place of burnout? Like, How can we just have that first step of like, wow, uh, this, is, this is something that's a, a problem? Mhm. Well, sometimes it's not even us that
1: recognizes that. Maybe it's our partner or somebody close to us. I've been hearing that more and more lately that it's not the person themselves that is the one to kind of identify it first. It might be the partner. And so, what do we do? Let's do it from both angles, but let's do it from a partner's perspective. So, um, you know, as we mentioned earlier, I'm not a therapist, but this is just something that I'm very aware of as far as the recognition and finds of if a partner does recognize that. What are some ways that your partner can offload you? Whether this is household task-wise, we talk a lot about household equity on our platform. Um, How can we chip in? And what are the conversations that we're having? Are we having open communication with our partner? Are we telling each other when one is not feeling well or one is feeling overwhelmed or overloaded? Is there something that the partner can offer to you to say, hey, you know, I've noticed that you've been doing X or maybe you, you seem um, a little low energy. How can I help you? I mean, it could be as simple as saying, how can I help you or how are you doing? And those simple check-ins can make a major difference. Now, within ourselves, if we're noticing, you know, this kind of low sluggish energy, we're not enjoying the things that maybe we used to Um You know, you and I are both healthcare professionals. The first thing is like, if you notice that maybe something mentally is changing, um, something is shifting, we need to reach out to our healthcare team and also talk to them about it. Now, granted, one might not be able to quote unquote diagnose you with parental burnout. There are also things that they can provide to you. Whether that is, um, you know, additional mental health support, um, group support, which is huge. I mean, Postpartum Support International has tons of groups that they offer, just so you can have community, um, you know, connecting with neighbors, family, close friends, making sure that you still are a part of some sort of a community. Um, you know, when we're feeling low, sometimes we don't wanna ask. Anybody else for help. They don't want to ask people for support because we feel like we're failing at something. The truth is we're not. The truth is we have been carrying everything on our shoulders for years. And we are seeing now that parents who I hate to refer to parent as a superhero, but some kind of superhuman in a sense, has been doing so much over the past several years. And we're not plug-in ready. We can't just plug in and say um, we're going to recharge now. and We'll be back, you know, at it tomorrow with that energy to be that transparent, to do all these things. It's wrapped. And we need hydration and the good eating, healthier option, snack, joy, things that bring you happiness. And if you're not getting those things, maybe do some self-inventory and say, I'm feeling X. What do I want and what do I need? And it can be very telling. And sometimes people look at that and say, I haven't done anything that's brought me joy. I haven't done anything other than sleep to rest.
0: And sleep and rest are two
1: different functions.
0: Yeah. And and it sounds like, you know, kind of the common thread that I've heard throughout is that you are kind of alluding back to community being a huge aspect of Mm -hmm finding that help and a huge area of needing that support. And that is multifaceted, you know, between your spouse or partner, between your neighbors, between other, you know, virtual healthcare providers, whatever it is. And I know, I think you're working on some form of community and maybe already have this. So I'd love for you to share a little bit more about you some of the resources that you provide, because I know you have some excellent things um, available already and also on their way.
1: Sure. And I appreciate that. So um, one thing that I am working on right now, and I just slowly start softly launching is Anatomy of a Busy Parent. And what that is, is it's a three week course. So for those three weeks, it's going to be an hour um, each session. So we're going to be going over things like how to split tasks, within the house without it becoming this nagging thing. Um, You know, the big thing that I mentioned before is household equity. That does not mean equal. It means fair. What is fair? Because that's going to change from time to time, right? Depending on somebody's bandwidth and how much energy that they have. Um, We're also going to talk about uh, within anatomy of the busy parent is understanding our stress responses and what physically um, and kind of I guess, physiologically, what occurs within our bodies when we do feel stress and what can we kind of adapt and change when we respond to certain things? Because stress is exhausting, um, especially the unrelenting stress that parents have been kind of dealing with for the past two plus years and how we can kind of manage that um, in a better way so that we can kind of conserve our energy resources or the things that do matter um, and, and things that are necessary. So those are two of the components. The third component is gathering customized resources. So we try to keep the community small um, within whoever is attending. We try to keep the group small so that we can have that, you know, one-on-one time or one-to-group time so we can share resources. Um, as I mentioned before, the village and what we've been hearing, is like, where is the village? that everybody's talking about? Where's this group that everybody's talking about that's supposed to come out of the woodwork for me when I have a child? Um, we need to recreate it because that's disappeared in some ways over the past two plus years. And so the whole idea behind Anatomy of a Busy Parent is we bring the busy parents together, we find ways to kind of optimize their home and their well-being, and we provide resources to those parents that attend so that it works for them because it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. So that's, that's one thing that's launching. And then the other thing um, that I do on a regular basis, I always offer, you know, one-to-one, one-to-group, um, but household equity, it's a big one. So we do a lot of um, household tax planning and and things like that. So
0: we offer a variety. Incredible. That's incredible. That course, anatomy, and, and not just course, but that learning, um, opportunity and and not of a busy parent sounds incredible with so many, you know, facets to it, resources. I want to go back and touch on something that you talked about earlier, being the difference between sleep and rest as that's something that I've been learning and definitely have had to realize, you know, just because you get sleep doesn't mean you don't also need to take a few minutes to, to slow down and unwind at times. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think for us ambitious ones who are always used to go, 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 it's hard to kind of learn that later in life. You know, you got to stop and enjoy the smell of the roses and some of the little moments in life.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's not just about, I think for sleep, when I think about that too, it's all the different functions of sleep and the whole rest and repair and and all of these things. But when you're sitting and resting, if you're just cleaning your house and you're doing all tasks and you're having to use your brain for like work-related stuff, your mind is going, 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 going. And so when do we have time to just kind of take a breath, not necessarily do anything in that moment, but do something that will like recharge you so that you can go back, go back after it, right? Because if you keep operating at that 110% level, you're going to be juiced by the end of the day. And
0: your sleep, you're just going to just crash, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. If you could give us, I'm putting you a bit on the spot here, but mm-hmm. if you could give us one maybe practical tip or way that we could implement um, some form of um, kind of, I'll say, burnout reduction or burnout management, is there like one place at the very low hanging fruit, like where could I start? Yeah. Um, I would say,
1: Every single day, this is something that I I try to do very regularly. And if I miss, if I don't do this, then I can tell. So at night, I do a brain dump. So I write down what I want to do the next day. I jot all of it down. And then I come back at that list the next morning. Almost always, am I either reshuffling things? taking things off the list, adding it to tomorrow, whatever the case may be. But I do that every single day. And what that allows me to do is it organizes my day in a triage fashion. So the most, most urgent things I put at the top of the list, the least urgent I put at the bottom. So I know that I can move those pieces around like a, like pieces of a puzzle and put them somewhere else. Because we don't necessarily, I think we, we always think we need to complete everything that's on our task list. And that's not necessarily the case. We can move things around. Things aren't as urgent as what they may seem. And so if we start by doing that, that can really make a difference. And um, it's, you know, that it's such an easy practice to do. It takes us no time. You could write it on a sticky note, doesn't matter. But that's something that I regularly do. And I find that it will allow me to kind of think differently about urgency and what is absolutely necessary for the day
0: if you're loving the habit maker mama podcast i want to invite you to check out our free five-day healthy habit self-care plan so you can jump your journey to building healthy self-care habits into your day as a busy mom you can head to habitmakermama.com forward slash prioritize yourself challenge or head to the link in the show notes You'll receive daily support to help you succeed in starting your journey. Again, head to HabitMakerMama.com forward slash prioritize yourself challenge. See you next time.